Oh, Mr. Lenski, it was a privilege to sit down with an old friend who I have witnessed grow from a local soju monkey, his words, not mine, into the distinguished multi-continent professor he has blossomed into. We reminisce about the old days at Ulsan Fight Gym. We dive into a bit of AI, the education system, and as well as professor life, crypto, and a bunch of other cool topics. Lenski, I hope you decide to return to Korea one day, brother. It was great catching up. Thanks so much for setting some time out on your vacation to come and shoot the breeze with me and Nate. Everyone listen up. Yes, you. If you have any friends, co-workers, or family looking to practice their English conversational skills, let them know about Dr. English, and you can be on the receiving end of a small recruiting fee as a thank you for your contribution to a growing foreign-owned business right here in Korea. Message This Korean Life on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Dr. English is an all-in-one online English learning platform. The qualified native speakers can help you start your journey to English fluency today. Enjoy learning from the comfort of your own home. Call 010-4591-1496 for a free sample class. Open your door to endless opportunities. Take your English to the next level by visiting their website now at www. .doctor-english.com You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your hosts, Brian and Nate. One of my students today told me that Korea has the strongest passport in the world. They now they do, yeah. The last two years. I think it's like at least top three. Maybe Switzerland can... I called bullshit on it. She's like, no, for real. I'm like, no. eh, I don't know. They've been two or three years, yeah. Really? Yeah. 156 countries for free. Wow. Well, not with Corona now, probably, but yeah. They've been two or three years, they've been at the top. <clears throat> uh, All right. Welcome back to another episode of This Korean Life. Uh, very special. Number 63 featuring <laughs> Mr. Lenski. Let's take you back to um, August 2007. I'm walking down the, the mean streets of Mugadong before they had nice bricks laid down and all everything was finished. And, you know, being, being a huge UFC fan from back home, I'm walking and I look and I see a big picture of Fedor and some smaller pictures of other UFC superstars at the time. And I went, what is, what is this Ulsan fight gym? And I enter this dingy basement and who do I see? Mr. Lensky fighting, uh, fighting with old Park Wan Sheik there. That was uh, our first, I think, our first introduction, man. What a, what a way to meet. And I have a picture. I think we're gonna post later of that's amazing of us with very angry faces, like, look at how strong and tough we are. <laughs> Just young, fresh faces, eh? Is you that when you came, two thousand seven? No, 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 he actually. would have been here before. No, no, yeah, I arrived in two thousand five. Yeah. yeah. By the way. Um, just to introduce myself, my name is Arden Milensky, but for Koreans, it's really hard to pronounce my first name. So I go by my last name. Lensky. I'm called Milensky, yeah. Um, yeah, so I arrived in 2005, uh, and uh, yeah, that's exactly how we met with uh, Brian. He was just... Uh, uh, a passerby? A, 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 well, not a passer. I mean, you, you've done some martial arts before, and you mm. know, you've been working out for a long time. And uh, you know, the first time I saw you, I thought, wow, this guy is going to... Whoop my ass, man! You look like a a dangerous, uh, I, a dangerous person. To I was, I was messed with. I was oh, 80, 85 kilos, man, when I came. Yeah, just no. a, a bigger, uh, a bigger, puffier Brian. But I, I thought, learned. Oh. 
Yeah. No, go ahead. I learned pretty quick that weight or muscle has absolutely nothing to do with jujitsu ability. I thought um, you were a pretty scary guy when I met you in the back of Tombstone slugging bottles of vodka with Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's actually, that's actually quite an interesting story. I um, Before coming to Korea, I uh, mostly focused on my you know studies and uh, my master's. And uh, I remember talking to my classmates and they were asking, like, hey, let, let's go. Let's join some uh, Russian sambo or something like that. Mm. And I said, no, you know what? I just need to focus on my, my studies. But when I move on to, to Korea somewhere, that's when I start to train. And that's exactly what happened. So when I entered, uh, Korea in 2005, I was 55 kilos. Just a skinny and, you know, mm. uh, my lab mate, uh, a Vietnamese lady, very, very smart. She used to call me skeleton. Like it was just, yeah. yeah. And, um, so when we met with uh brian i already started training for like two or two years i was doing uh taekwondo of course you know yeah. taekwondo is like the most uh, default yeah the de- de- default art, martial yeah. art that you you do in korea but um i love uh taekwondo the, the only problem with taekwondo was that it was so easy to get promoted yeah like, you know you train for a month you get a you get a, a, a you get a, a belt it's a like uh, a blue belt then uh, or a red belt whatever it's the, funny when i tell when i tell my students like i got a black belt in karate they're like oh yeah like, i have two <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh yeah or oh, they have two but i remember like i'm like it took me seven years to get it like like are you slow you don't know how to i'm like no you don't get it in six months at home just by by existing and playing dodgeball in a class that's a, I don't know how long our did you get a Muay Thai one or no? No, I just a bunch of us did the Muay Thai ones. I, I think I grinded at that pretty hard for quite a while, mm. and had freaking ones on me beating the shit out of me yeah. for a long time yeah. to to get that one. But yeah, yeah. So the the difference between Muay Thai and Taekwondo is mostly that in Taekwondo you try to score points. You just you know touch someone, slap someone just mm. a little bit. But in te- in Muay Thai you have to actually damage someone. You yeah. know you kick through. Mm. Uh, the, well, from my perspective, I don't want to say that the Taekwondo is maybe not very useful in street fight, but Hapkido is much, much better. Mm. So it's like Taekwondo on steroids. So you have the kicking, the punching, and also all this so-called Hoshinsul, self-defense. Mm. It's, it's called in, in Korean uh, Hoshinsul. And they teach you all this kind of arm locks, um, uh, you know, working with nunchucks, with, uh, Pretty much anything, yeah. whatever you have, a t-shirt, you can use t-shirt to, to mm. protect yourself and to choke someone. So yeah. that's, Hapkido was much, much uh, more fun uh, to do. And then from Taekwondo to Hapkido and Hapkido, I, just like you, mm. walked into that uh, Ulsan fight gym and Pak Wonchik is there. Mm. 23, I don't know, 24 years old. Yeah, yeah young. Really that, young guy, really young guy. Blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is like the next level after white. yeah. And uh, punching and kicking and, and everyone. He doesn't really care. There's like blood everywhere. You know, he maybe he's not a good teacher, but he's a good fighter. He I'd, just if you want if you want to learn MMA from this guy, you get you have to be ready to get punched and uh, you know your <laughs> arms get broken. What was your what was your first like um, sparring with him? Jujitsu sparring with him. What was your first impression of that? So uh, before I get to that. Mm. Um, so I, I walk into this gym and I think I was already like six, 60, 60 kilos, five, gained five kilos. And Pak Wan Shik, Parky, he says, um, so you want to do MMA? You want to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? I said, yeah. 
Uh, do you have an experience? Yeah, I have. I've done some Taekwondo, Hapkido, you know, I'm pretty experienced. He said, okay, so do you see that uh, a small uh, overweight guy in the corner? Go, 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 go. go. <laughs> no, no, oh. different guy, different guy. He was like a high school student. He pointed to that high school student and yeah. said, go, go, show what you've got. And for the first maybe five minutes, I tried to squeeze as much power I can to, you know, mm. to. Do. I didn't know what to do. I don't yeah, know what yeah. chokes are. Do I have to be on top of him or do like what's what who wins? I don't mm. know. And uh, what are the rules? Like, what are the rules? And in, f- in five minutes, uh, about five or maybe six minutes, I completely gassed out and have any strength, any stamina to do anything. And the guy pretty much sit on me and just like does some kind of arm lock or choke. And yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then I realized, okay, so first of all, I need to be smart in, in my movement. I need to uh, also increase stamina because power, you yeah. said that power is not important. Uh, the strength is important, in, in fact. You need to have certain strength. I mean, even if you, your technique is perfect, but you are not strong enough to even pull an arm bar, right? It's not going to work. That, that's course, what happened, yeah. I think, when I grappled with you. Mm. Uh, you're much, much stronger than me. And even though by that time I already you know, mm. was, uh, had some experience, I couldn't submit you because mm. you were just much, much stronger. That's why, uh, yeah, you, you you have to you have to be flexible. You have to be strong, but also, of course, uh, you know, know the technique. With Park Won Chik, um, because no one could submit him in the gym. He was like the the boss, right? It, like the 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 craziest thing for me, I've never there's I find in fighting there's different levels of of just I don't want to say strength or toughness, but like uh, his I don't know if it's like tendon strength. But like when I'm grappling with you or I did a little bit at home, like I'm like, oh, these are normal people. He's a little bit stronger. He's a little bit. He was like freakishly strong and like two years younger or, or a year younger than me. I was like, this guy, he, I don't know what, how you develop that. If it's, if it's natural, if it's something that, you know, from maybe he's been doing jujitsu for, for, for 15 years before that, but he was strong. You know, um, like he grabs you, you're like, what the hell is that? Like, oh my god! Who, I I had different I had me? different experience. Mm. I actually didn't feel that he is super strong. Mm. He had gr- good technique, mm. and, and once maybe at my peak, mm. I was almost submitting him mm. honestly, and I knew that he's not going to tap because this is yeah, this yeah. is Sparky. He's not going to tap, so I let it go. But it was very very close. His technique is is, is great. At least mm. it, uh, it was at that time. There were other guys. Uh, Oin Sok. I don't know if you met him. He's, he has. He's got a gym in Mubo. That's what I've heard. Yeah. He has like a few gyms. Oh. Uh, he was just unbelievably strong. He's a relatively small guy, but very muscular, short limbs. You can't do anything with this no. guy. No. <laughs> he's just. Just nothing, yeah. you know. And that time, I, you know, I participated in three competitions, had some medals here and there, was promoted. So I, I felt like, you know, I can, I can submit pretty much anyone. This guy, never been even close to submitting he's, this guy. He's still cleaning up in, uh, in lo- in national competitions here. He crushes. Yeah, he's, he's, an, yeah. he's a monster. Yeah. On yeah. also, on is just. So he's got his own gym as well. Yeah. Drill, drill. You know what I like about Fight Gym? All these people we've trained uh, with, dude, they've gone. They, they all have their own gyms, yeah. their their own businesses. I don't know if you know D. Of course. He has uh, like I don't know uh, a few million dollar company now. Hundred people under his uh, supervision. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. You know, mm. I was thinking the other day why this happened, like why all these people we trained with from mm. the very beginning, they're all successful. And I think it's because they just like to take risks. Yeah. 
you know, going to the gym at that time, especially MMA was not super right. popular in Korea yeah. and uh, train and fighting and going to competitions. You have to have you know, guts for that and mm. be strong and be, take, take risks. Absolutely. And the, if you had to gamble on who, you know, if you took the, the six or seven main members in, in the basement gym and you had to gamble on who's going to be the most successful of all of them. You know, betting on D, who lived, who lived in the in the bunker. He was living down there. That was his. That was his apartment. You were. You wouldn't be betting on him, man. Listen, and uh, he he came out. D is a, such a kind, kind guy. It's unbelievable. Solid. He's. Yeah. I had a, a few good uh, friends uh, in Korea, but this is. He, he's a probably the only one who I really connected because he has this mentality of a very Western kind of person. Yeah. He lived in Australia for a long time. Mm. And we were on the same same uh, wave. Indeed, you know, uh, I remember he, he joined maybe one or two years after I was at the gym. And uh, he asked Parky, listen, I don't have money at this moment. Can I stay at, you know, stay here? Yeah. And uh, maybe I can do something. And Parky said, sure, no problem. Mm. Just clean up the gym after the uh, mats, after the sparring, and uh, that's it. And he lived there for a few months. Yeah. And just I want to say also some good things about Parky. When I was a student, I didn't really didn't have any money. You know, mm. some kind of part-time jobs here and there. Parky said, look, no problem. Just come and train. For a few months, I didn't pay a penny. I just didn't have money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, you know, that's the spirit of fight gym. Yeah. We were all helping each other. And all these people now are super successful. Yeah, Parky. I think Zang, he he wants like Guanzang names now has put up two hundred bucks for the full kit before you start. And I'm like, yeah, can't you just come and train? Like you have to buy all. It's unbelievable. I just there. missed that time. I just you know we were all good friends and uh, all like had nothing pretty much. That was, that was almost my kind of my first home, or it it felt so cool to to you know just the automatic acceptance in there. You'd go down on a Saturday and or sorry on a Sunday morning and watch. UFC with everyone like that was deadly. What a way to you walk in any time of the day. Someone's in there. If the, <laughs> if like if there's someone, or yeah. he probably was there. Train. Yeah. Just roll. Yeah. No yeah. one's gonna tell you anything. Yeah. That was uh, that was a special place, man. Listen, this is great. Yeah. And so what what are you doing back now? Pardon me. Why'd you come back to Ulsa? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, multiple reasons. Well, first of all. It's to renew my uh, visa, right? Uh, the um, F5 visa, which is permanent residency. And it, I had quite some troubles getting it. Uh, it was quite hard. It's really hard to get it in Korea. Uh, and my Korean was not so good, so I had to find ways uh, to get it. If, if you want, we can talk about this. Sounds like KGB or something. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a collaboration. You know, talking about... <laughs> Talking about KGB, I actually done some work for the for the uh, Korean uh, military, pretty much. But I guess we can talk about this later. Oh, so, you, oh man, about the bullets, the exploding bullets. I just no, it's, it's, it oh. was it was oh. um, autonomous kind of military vehicles, oh, vehicles right. like tanks and so on. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so first of all, to renew my visa, because it's not the best time now to travel, but I didn't have to. Cho- I didn't have a choice. I need to uh, come back. And the second one is, I just love Korea so much. It's, you know, all my friends, all my best friends are in Korea now. It's mm. crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, John, mm. Robbie, 
You want to keep the visa to, yeah, to yeah. keep so, doors open in exactly, Korea, Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah, to... yeah. I mean, th think about this. Korea is the most advanced country now in the world, like the best medical system. Um, you know, again, again my, all my friends are here, my uh, professors who I studied, who, who supervised me and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So why would I lose that? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's... How, how long have you been gone? Three years? Four years? Uh, no, it was uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. So, yeah, I left uh, in summer 2019 and Jesus. yeah and then and then i was kind of thinking about uh coming back and then COVID happened so i couldn't come back for mm. two and a half years in fact i had to apply for visa extension at the um, embassy in, in canberra in australia because yeah. you know they give you only two years so i applied and asked can you please you know, extend it because yeah. i can't and they give me a few months so yeah what out. uh anything catch you when you came back anything stand out uh, look, because I lived in Chonan, uh, I worked there after I f finished my degree right. at uh, Ulsan there. I didn't live in Ulsan for a long time. I didn't visit Ulsan for quite some time. Now, so many things has changed. Old buildings, even they were relatively new buildings, but they completely demolished, <laughs> completely different landscape. And it took me a couple of days to understand where, you know, Lotemar is, where Ogdon is here, you know, Daldon is here. It's just crazy. Eh? Things change so rapidly. It's it's weird to even, I mean, be in a place and notice the changes. That, but it's, I don't know, it's wild, the, the development here. We've up, talked about it before. 30, 40 story buildings going up like every six months. There's a new one and it does. It really changes the landscape it's wild. compared to going home. I mean, nothing's changed in 20 years at home. So Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's similar. Yeah, it, I had the same uh, experience. It's... So you're, I mean, you said you came here in 2005, yeah? Hmm. How does how does a a Russian man find himself here for an under? I mean, Korea is more of a, a recognized country worldwide now, right? But more people know about Korea now, obviously, sure. than than 15 or 17 years ago. How did the Korea hook catch you and, and drag you in here? Brian, this is a, this is a good question because mm. 2004, I, I would say when it started, the journey started in 2002. Not many people knew much about Korea mm. at that time. You know, okay, Samsung, then Hyundai. Hyundai cars not, was not very popular at the time. The, world, that, the yeah. world Cup was 2002, and that was the first time I went like, what? You guys beat Italy? What's going on yeah. here? Yeah. But still, I think even after that, was fairly unknown until probably like 2010. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, the Samsung LG stuff, that didn't catch on till mm. much, much later. Yeah. Until the smartphone. I mean, before the smartphone, nobody was Samsung or LG. In. yeah. Mm. So what do you, how do you get roped Yeah, so, into, so uh, I remember I was talking to my uh, university friends back in Russia, and I was like, uh, you know what, I'm thinking about going to Korea. I was like, what, what Korea? Uh, was, is it Kim, Kim Jong-il? Who was Kim that? Jong Kim Jong-il. Yeah, 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 Kim Jong-il. Like, uh, no, 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 it's it's different Korea. You know, like some Samsung phones, and it's like, uh, oh, okay, okay, well, is it close to Uzbekistan? <laughs> like, not many people knew about Korea that much. Yeah. But... um yeah. Um, so you were in uni at that time. I was. You... I was doing my bachelor's. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was an undergrad, and then my professor uh, came for a conference to to back back in Russia, my hometown, and you know we connected, asking some nice questions, and he said, "Look, uh, do, do you want to study in my lab?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely," because mm. I was looking for opportunities to to go to a different country. That time, the political situation started to to, to get worse in Russia, and uh, okay, I better look for um, opportunities um, outside, especially in science, especially in academia. 
Um, so yeah, he invited me. Um, I, I came in 2005. It also took some time. I had to finish certain courses and so on and so mm. forth. And I'm telling you, the first day I arrived, it's it's this impression. It's still vivid in my in my mind. It's so different. All these skyscrapers, all these people. Where are you, you know, from in Russia? Um, Novosibirsk, which is a big city. It's Nova one, Scotia? Novosibirsk. Yeah, it's very Nova similar. Sibirsk. No, Nova is like a stands for new. Yeah. Right? And uh, yeah, so it used to be called Nova Nikolaevsk after the emperor mm. uh, Nikolai, but then uh, the communists, I think they changed the, the, the name to Novosibirsk. And it's a big city. It's actually a really big city. But you can't compare it to Seoul or any other big city in, oh, in I Korea. Mean, Seoul, Seoul, Tokyo. You're, yeah, you're talking some of the biggest cities in the world. Ten million. So I, you know, I re, uh, arrived. I think it was beginning of 2000 from Mar- March 3rd or something, and it was a serious snowfall. Just snow everywhere, right? You were in Seoul. Yes, uh, in, in March. Well, just, 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 yeah. Uh. So it was. It was. It was not. It was not a snow in Seoul, in fact, but. As soon as we got on the bus, and you know, it takes usually four hours to get from Seoul to Ulsan. Okay, sure, sure. It looks like autumn in uh, in 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 Russia. Mm. So there was no, no no snow, but after one hour, heavy snow started, just huh. started snowing. You brought it with you. Yeah, and uh, I'm asking my friend, uh, my well, one of the uh, friends who also got to the same program. What, what's going on? Are we going north? Are we going to North Korea? Because we're supposed to travel <laughs> south and it's supposed to be more warmer, but actually get colder and more snow. Yeah. So that path, that, 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 uh, um, trip that usually takes four hours took us about 15 hours. Jeez. Can you believe this? Yeah. We didn't have any phones. We had to call our supervisor, uh, my, my PhD supervisor and saying, look, we don't know what to do, like to just f- f- fall in the the, the bus, <laughs> and yeah, it took fifteen hours. So that was my first impression of huh. uh, of Korea, and this is yeah. how I got. To Never Korea. snowed since. Wow! So you followed a professor here. You followed yes, your yes. professor. Yes, <laughs> Professor uh, Kanhyun, uh, Joe Kanhyun. He um, he invited me, and we worked together. Still keep in touch with him. Um, yeah. Cool. And then you, I mean, you arrive in Ulsan in 2005. Nate, you arrived 2005 as well. Four. 2004. So why don't you describe, I mean, your... I think we've met at uh, Tombstone, right? For the, for the I've first met time. you a hundred times all over the place, and usually with Robbie. Robbie arrived in 2008. I recruited him. Yeah. But uh, but huh? we... <laughs> really, seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I met... How do, you know how Robbie got here? Before coming to Korea, I stopped in... Uh, in BC to visit a friend um, just just on my way here. My first airplane flight ever. Went to visit a friend on my way to Korea. He went to school. He, him and Rabbi were in the same program. We got introduced, played a game of poker, and he called. Rabbi sent me a message like months later, like, hey, bro, I'm coming to, we're thinking of coming to Korea. I'm like, come on over. And ELC welcomes everyone. I think I left. <laughs> I left for two years around 2006 to eight. I was here and then I went backpacking all over Asia for two years and I came mm. back. Mm. So, but, but I think, I think I remember we, we met at, uh, Tombstone like 2005. Well, that was, I mean, we yeah, that was your original crew that like the first group of Russian kids who came over was you guys. In 2005, I invest all my time into studying and do like best to impress my professor. And then at the end of 2005, felt like no one cares. Yeah. And uh, I started, I, listen, I took like one year pretty much slow down my studies and just partied, mm. party at Tombstone and other, other places. And end of 2005, we 
uh, formed this club in which we called in Korean Soju Wansuni, mm-hmm. which is um, Soju Wansuni, uh, like Soju Monkeys. Oh, Soju Wansuni, yeah, 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 yeah Soju yeah, Monkeys. Yeah. And that was the largest community at that time of foreigners. We were just getting together and you know hanging hanging out at parks and uh, partying for 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 about maybe you know half half a year or so. That was that was that was very known uh, community. And Eldon, I don't know if you met him. Yes. Problem. You met yes. Eldon? Yes. Indian Indian yeah. guy. Yeah, hundred percent. That's the best 100%. best best person. Probably the most in my easygoing. Life. So most relaxed, coolest guys. Yeah. So easygoing. So easygoing. So what? So two of us started this uh, Soju One Sunny. We're just you know <laughs> that's how people were introduced to each other. We we went on some different trips, uh, different cities. Mm. It was so much fun. See, it's interesting how you've, um, as a Ulsan Uni student, how you made your way into Tombstone and and met and connected with all of the teachers. Because we meet people now, or I mean, just whatever, over the past few years that I've met people who I've never seen. And like, oh, I've been here for 12 years. Like, still, I, I've never seen you. Still the students there now. What about on Ulsan Online? What's that? Like, yeah. what? I, how do you, how I would you started, exist here without? No, I started no the Ulsan College International Student Organization to bring all those people together. And next year I'll try and start one at the university because they have, nobody's connected. They don't know, they don't know anybody. I don't, like how? It's hard to believe. You? I mean, right now with social media, it's so easy to connect. It's just one click away from the, know. from the community. Yeah, but I think it's, you come over here in that group. The first group you meet or the first people in your class or whatever, and they just stay together. I think before when there was less foreigners, uh, it was harder to get around and you had to go out and find and meet those people. And now you don't have to. It's one click away, but so is Netflix. And Netflix is an easier click because you don't have to do anything. You just sit on your sofa. Two, two places I felt at so, home, both in Mugo. One, you could walk into Tombstone at any it's time. It's true. It's true. There's yeah. going to be 10 people there, you know, friendly, like a cheers kind of thing in the, in the fight club. Air fight gym there. This is actually, indeed, this is a good observation that mm. in the past, well, decade or 15 years, mm. this way how we communicate and, and connect with people has changed significantly. Mm. That time, mostly it was Tombstone, some other bars, or, you know, meet someone on the street. And that's how you grow your network. Mm, sure. Now it's, you know, Facebook, right? Clicks I think I actually Facebook kind of in the younger generation, I talked to some, some, Next generation of English teachers here. Mm. Not many of them using Facebook. Yeah, Everyone is on Instagram, some other kinds. Tinder. Yeah, Tinder, for example. It's so easy to connect. And, you just and, have to go sit at Wabar for like a couple hours at least <laughs> yeah. to meet some women. But, but, but the, the, the downside is because you connect so easily, you also disconnect so easily, right? Absolutely. And, and you, you, you actually don't connect. You don't connect. You're just <laughs> online. Like you, you don't, you don't get that. I mean, there's not, we've, we've worked with tons of, of these newer teachers in the last five years with We Hope and stuff. It's, it's a whole different kind of mentality. It's very, very different. Mm-hmm. Very different. Yeah. And I, I think that, that way back then where you had to, you had to actually go out and find people and put a physical effort into doing it, or you'd be stuck in your apartment for, for the mm-hmm. whole time. So now it's just too easy. You have access to anything and everything. There was no, youtube or facebook when i got here i mean you actually had to go out and, and do stuff so yeah now when you can talk to your mom and dad any time of day you can you don't have to go to the pc bong to do it like mm. man that wasn't that long ago but it seems like it was i miss ago. i miss those uh, do you remember eric chow 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do. Yeah, uh, you, you guys were like the be the best buddies, right? We, you we you taught at the buddies. same school. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 I remember yeah. him. Yeah, um, really cool guy. I remember just having such random adventures, man. Uh -huh. You just walk down the street and be like, "Oh, look at this piece of furniture." This is go, you know, and you like you find yourself on a Wednesday afternoon like lugging furniture around Mugen. <laughs> but it was, uh, I miss, I kind of miss those days. I long for those, um, those just random encounters or, or happenings. You know, that was, uh, it was a different. Like I said it was a different time back then. Mm. Really different, man. But. Um, what, what's your impression? Um, I mean, you're doing your undergrad in Russia. You come here, you're still working hard. You're under the tutelage of a Korean professor, correct? Yes. How do you find the, the, the school environment or the studying, <laughs> studying environment from back home compared to, compared to here? Uh, yeah, good. it's also a good question. Mm. So there are different aspects of this question. One is in terms of the education system itself, uh, classes, courses, mm. uh, direction. But the other one is culture, cultural aspects. So let me start with uh, my cultural experience in Korea. Mm. So in 2005, when I arrived to Korea, my uh, so uh, yeah, I I done my thesis on neural networks, artificial neural networks at that time. And my professor asked me, can you please give a talk to our lab, what you did for your for your degree uh, back in Russia? I said, oh, yeah, that's that's a good idea. You had finished four years in Russia and then came here? I finished came? my uh, four years and then master's two years. How many how many degrees do you have? You had a you had a master's before coming here. I thought you came here. To I'm I'm doing I'm doing another master's now. I'm doing my master's in, at John Hopkins in applied mathematics. I just love studying. <laughs> just just keep studying. How old were you when you came here? Early twenties. Holy Christ! Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Wild. Huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. And get, uh, so you had a, you had a master's before lot. coming. That's what I, 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 I thought I was always under the impression that you came straight from high school and you were like full. <laughs> that's why uh, I thought you started your bachelor's degree. Here. I thought you started your bachelor's all the way to. No, no, no. I, 55 kilo PhD guy slugging bottles of Stolichny on the back room. Of <laughs> <laughs> dude, I still, I remember walking in a purple haze one day and dude, you're putting up posters like, come watch me defend my thesis. I'm like, well, I don't know if this is the best place to be advertising your, what, something with triangles. You, uh, you no, no, it was a, it was a talk on uh, fractal geometry. I think it was something with a hypotenuse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe Sapinski triangle. Yes. So yes. you came here and, and started your P. That's you were starting your PhD yes. when you got here. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Oh my God! I thought you came and, and did your right from yeah from bachelor's right to no, the end. No, ah, no. you came here. For, you followed the guy. Same as uh, same as uh, Marta, right? Sure. I'm there, sure. There's lots. Mm. There's lots that do that, but Eunice. That's very common. Where. Guys, so their professors over from the states. So, so um, Unist at that time did not exist. No. <laughs> so yeah. start with that. It was only one university. It was only only Ulsan University. Yeah. Unist, I think, was created. Two thousand nine. So back to the 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 environment of. of yeah, yeah. Social, so, so yeah, my professor asked me to give a to give a talk about this, and you know, I'm just. Uh, very confident in my, in this topic of neural neural networks, artificial intelligence. I thought I'm, I was given a brilliant talk, and then 
one of my lab mates after the presentation approached me and says, you know, uh, professor didn't like your uh, talk that much. <laughs> like, why? It wasn't in Korea. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah, yeah, like after two days in Korea, yeah. he was expecting me to speak Korean. No, no, it's not that. Uh, so I said, why? I thought that, you know, I answered all questions and went through all the, the aspects of my thesis. Uh, he said, you know, when you were given a talk, you put your hand in your pocket. Oh, right. In-laws hate that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's in Korea. And you, you were shaking your leg. <laughs> <laughs> shaking all the good luck away. The ghost, the ghost ran out of your leg while you were talking. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, that was the first time when I understand the difference between the cultures. Mm. And from that point, there were so many other cultural shocks that I had to experience. And, you know, sometimes uh, I argue with Robbie. He says, he said, oh, no, you, you're not Korean. Well, I'm not Korean, but, you know, going through this um, cultural experience, being told what to do and how to act and being surrounded by people who, uh, by, by lab mates who follow all of that, it's just really part of me right now. If I see some... Um, elderly person automatically you know if uh, i bow i use my two hands to shake if that person yeah. uh, wants to sh handshake and when i drink i turn my head uh so in, in much so that when i go home people laugh at me and like why are you bowing i'm like it's just it's just a have done it for so long i it's, exactly it's, it's, weird. it's weird it's it becomes part of you it's not you cannot separate right you go back to your country i, I went back to my country and a friend of mine pouring you know a glass of water touch your arm <laughs> and what i did <laughs> i take this cup and i hold it right with two hands and he's what, what are you doing put put it put it put it on the table mm. don't touch it because in in, in russia that's what it's you, yeah, how it's yeah. done you don't touch your cup Someone pouring Someone vodka, you just smash you it. drink out of the bottle in vodka. In Russia. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't touch the cup. <laughs> well, we have this uh, 200 milliliters glasses, pretty big, and you just smash them. Yeah. So that that is a cultural aspect that you have to keep in mind. And, of course, it translates into classes and to education and the education system. You don't ask questions when you're a student. Usually you don't. When I became a professor and I started teaching, students don't ask questions. Which is insane. Now it's slightly changing that what yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. But um in beginning of 2010, 2011, that's when I started teaching, it's it was weird. Please ask me questions. I want interaction. Still still, the, still weird. Yeah. One one aspect is because Probably they are not comfortable in English. Secondly, it's just part of their culture. You don't question your elder authorities well, exactly. Mean, they're they're brought up K through twelve, or not K, but maybe you know from uh, from late elementary until until grade twelve, and that's you you don't question your teacher. That's that's questioning authority. They're you know teachers are revered here. And I remember at Eunice, I was in a class, and a Turkish a Turkish kid put up his hand. And he said, "Excuse me, sir, I." I don't understand this. Can you explain it again? Explain it again. No problem. Pretty confident in what I'm talking about. And then he says, but I I think that's wrong because, and I said, well, I, well okay, I understand what you're saying. This is why it's right. But the, the, the look on the Koreans' faces was like, he's getting an F for sure. He's going to get an F. And he said, oh, can I ask one more question? And they were like, oh, the professor's going to give him an F or kick him out of the class. And I was like, guys, if you ever have questions like this guy does, Please it's, ask the uh, questions. Well, let's give it to to, to Korea. I think it's, it has changed a lot uh, in the past few years, and mm. they're more more confident. At least before leaving to Australia, I noticed more more questions. Indeed, it takes time to transition, sure, sure. right? But in in Australia, for example, it's it's the opposite. 
you get asked so many questions. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's 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 great. Yeah. They just keep keep uh, keep asking you questions until you understand. Especially when you have, um, you know, small group meetings. They, everyone wants to make sure that they understand. Yeah. And sometimes it's to the point that you feel uncomfortable because, you know, if you ask, keep asking questions why or what, You're eventually you get to the point now. like, uh, okay, yeah. I actually don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen, it, but on. that helps you, that helps you sharpen your teaching skill as well, right? That's Absolutely. A, that's the... Um, Absolutely. If you teach the same course for 10 years, you know this course inside out, sure. right? For example, I used mm. to teach C language, programming language. Mm. And... uh You've heard all the questions. You know everything inside out. And then someone asks you questions you never heard. Mm. You, that's, just, you just put that into your... Absolutely. Into the, and into you, the you, if thing. you don't have an answer, you just say, look, uh, that's a great question. Let me come back to that next, uh, ne next that, lecture. That's something. There was one, there was one uh, student from China uh, a few years ago. He asked me... He actually told me how to use C, C compiler, GCC, to uh, disassemble your code... And so pretty much you take your C code and convert it to assembly language. Then you can read the assembly language, which is a CPU language, and then to a binary code. I didn't know how to do that after teaching like five or six years. Mm. That's great experience, right? <laughs> yeah. He he asked me a question. I said, I'm not sure. And then he said, look, I'm going to teach you. Mm. So, Especially this awesome. day and age, there's always going to be students who know more because you can do so much learning on your own now. And Absolutely. Everything's available online like we've talked about a million times. You're always going to get these students who are a couple of steps ahead. And I, I think it's... Yeah, like I said, it helps you grow as a teacher. You can't be expected and to... And you should encourage this. Yeah, go ahead. Ask questions. Make me uncomfortable. Sure. Mm. Going going back to the culture of of the thing, and you, you know, two hands, this, that, and it's kind of built into you. Mm -mm -mm. The, be <laughs> the best example, and you might know him, the best example of this, do you remember Danny Kessler? Of course, yeah. He's in Pusan now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was doing his PhD, and you know how he's kind of bald or gone bald i haven't seen him for like years his his advising professor made him grow his hair and he, <laughs> so he came in here with a toque when he was on here a few months ago he, I was like, yeah Cass, why are you wearing a toque man what like you're bald why do you got a toque on he's like actually i'm not and he's got like hairs on <laughs> but his professor said you can't you can't be bald and be given presentations like this for, to defend your thesis or present or go to these workshops you got to have hair so he's growing his hair he's been bald for 10 years he did he grow yeah, yeah, yeah he didn't do any procedures he's just growing it but i mean there's not a lot of growing going on so it's kind of sporadic or whatever kind of here and there but by the way why don't you guys look at the camera there and show these two mops we got here jesus christ <laughs> yeah, lots, as lots thick as a speaking to conforming to the the culture and stuff like can you imagine and he's like no no i can't <laughs> and sure enough there he is growing his hair out Wild. And stre yeah. stressful, like self-conscious. Stress. It, it's not easy. Well, it, it also depends on their relationship. Maybe they're very close, and I don't know. But I can tell you that if someone tells you this in in the Western countries, that person is gonna get in big trouble. That's a me too. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hashtag me too. No, no, bald. he was not on board with growing his hair out. This is this is stressful. This is not. He doesn't approve of this. No. Just to please his. Uh, his supervisor. So uh, you spoke about the the cult the cultural aspects of, mm. of studying here. What about the the education system in general, or the like you said the I don't know the the the, the way of studying the okay no, no. not not Korean culture but the the, I got, I got, the studying yeah. culture. Yeah. Um, studying culture, another very interesting topic, mm. and it's 
so you can see the cont contrast when you go to like, the Western countries and then go back to Korea. So I just came back from uh, from Australia. I need a place to study. My where, where, place... where are you working at in Australia? Just... In Canberra. University of Canberra? No, uh, Australian National University. This is the okay. this is the in the capital. Mm. In the okay. capital is Canberra. This is like the best best university, and uh, I work on medical data analysis. And uh, yeah, we can talk about this maybe later. What I wanted to say is that there is a big difference. You go to a coffee shop in Australia. People have a coffee chat for maybe half an hour. Leave. Mm. Right. Another couple of some people come in, have a chat leave here you go to starbucks by the way in australia i think they don't even have starbucks you go to starbucks here which is everywhere with right? all this coffee shop everywhere <laughs> you come in and you're not going to be able to find a, a, a table everything is occupied mm. and pretty much every table is with one maximum two person mm. Everyone is studying. They have their computers. They have their notepads. Yeah. Study, study, they study. Got a study. Tent, and a, a tent and a blanket and a, and a microwave. Exactly. Like everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> my dad was visiting me in Chonan a few years ago, and it was a McDonald's just across from uh, my place. We went to McDonald's like 1 a.m., very late night. It's packed with students, mm -hmm. yeah. with students, and they're all studying at McDonald's. But, yeah. They're studying at Starbucks. Yeah. They're studying at all coffee shops everywhere, but, nonstop. But I, and I, there is a competition to get a table. Mm. I attribute a lot of that, though, to the, the living conditions, the small apartments. In Canada, I can study upstairs, this floor, basement. They're separate areas. Goshiwan, can you so. imagine staying in your apartment with your mom and dad and your brother or sister all, all day, every day, all night, every night, just studying? So... I or think, or Goshiwan too. Don't forget about yeah, those. Goshiwan the one pyong, mm. the one pyong so, or two pyong specials. Yeah. I mean, but when you go in there, I think they treat those places as like their living room. Like you go in there and they've got shoes off and feet up, and like this isn't this isn't your bedroom. Put your shoes on. But yeah, they look like they're relaxed in their living room, you know, hanging out. Mm. And I think that's I would attribute that to you know where do I study at home? Like just stay in my bedroom and so. Yeah, they don't have all the opportunities we had. In that's no, that's that's also a good point. Uh, well, they do probably have uh, their own uh, bedrooms. They can study there. Uh, it partially, it contributes, but I think it's more about the culture of studying together. Mm. You know, going to coffee shops and seeing that everyone studies, and you you put yourself in a situation that uh, you cannot watch YouTube, you cannot because it's gonna look bad, and you put yourself in this situation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe. Well, I mean, I think that's if you. But if it's you so zoom different from Australia. This, this, this is what I'm, I was mm. trying to answer your question. That it's very different. Mm. People are relaxed in Australia. Here, competition is so so high. That's why uh, Squid Game actually makes perfect sense to me and to you guys Absolutely, because we yeah. see the connection between the movie, mm. the competition there, and the real life. Absolutely, and well, that's, that's the the thing. It's not just studying. It's Everything. It's piano. It's ballet. It's everything they do is that that level of competitiveness. Mm. It, it's not. It doesn't apply just to school. I mean, it's it's in the jobs. It's in it's in everywhere. It's every part of life here. Huh. And because there's no natural resources, there is not a lot of jobs here. Security was only found in the Four Tigers at the beginning. If you got into Hyundai, SK, LG, Samsung, you were set for life. They pay for your kids' university. They pay for your vacations. They pay for your apartment. Everything. So the whole country was gunning for jobs at four companies. And those only come from 
three universities. So the whole country is gunning for three universities. Mm. I mean, so it starts. But that's taught. That's taught. Three universities that are actually abbreviated by Sky, right? Mm. Seoul, National University, Koryo, Korea University, Mm. and Yonsei. You get there, you're sweet. But that's changed a lot now, especially with Kais, Eunice, Digest. Those have really. But I think those have really risen, and they kind of have specific. Fields of study that have just exploded, but maybe too with the with with more of uh, access to information in seeing outside of Korea or what's available. I think the dreams have changed too. Not everyone wants to jump into the race and you know and uh, and and run on the hamster wheel to to achieve those few but, positions but their that are available. Want them too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that's uh, mm. an interesting topic. Also, I talk to my students a lot of why they not, let's say, trying to start their own company, startups, mm. and uh, the most common answer that I get: they want stability. Mm. They want their parents want them to to get married, to have kids, and uh, going to smaller companies or starting their own startups associated with bigger risk, sure, right, mm. and less stability. And uh, going back to, 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 to Sky, I think Sky is like Ivy League in, in, in the States, right? If you've been to Sky, that's it. You, you're set. And that's, yeah. when you meet a Korean, what do they usually ask you, right? Three questions. But that, but I think how that, old are that you? That part has really changed a lot. How, how old are you? Yeah. Uh, where do you work? Where, where you graduated from? Mm. And where do you work? These three questions right away. You're on the well, ledger. The second where one is wrong. The second one is how many bottles of soju can you drink? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How many soju? How many bottles? How many bottles? <laughs> but but yeah, and that part I I give them credit. In that that part has changed a lot. And like at at Unist and Kaist, God, the majority of students are involved in startups. Kaist is the, like the best university I think in, in Korea now. Sure, by yeah. far. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I think Yonsei and and, and Kore have kind of dropped down a bit. They're well, you're gonna go there and get an arts degree. I mean, they're not. These other guys are specialized in, you know, current twenty-first century studies, where you can't just go there and get a geography, history degree. Who cares? So that's where I think they lose out. They're just kind of general, not not concentrated universities where the science ones are. They're just exploding, man. They're really, really good now. Oh, they're practical, or you can. They have application, right? And and the students, like, imagine if you were there and you were going, like, my students are going for conferences in Cancun, Mexico. For a conference in Mexico? Holy shit, man. And and all the time. Like, they're going all over the world for... I'm going here for five days to Germany for a conference. I'm going to Portugal. I'm going to Brazil. Who the heck's funding you, like a sophomore or a junior, going to Brazil for a conference? Like, holy man. Mm. So, all that experience and all that exposure has really led to these guys thinking independently. And, and as well, as long... I mean, they're still under the thumb of their, their leader. But they got a lot more experience and a lot more life experience and world experience to to reflect on, which they never had before. Yeah, no, I, I think the the government is doing uh, an amazing job, and uh, even in academia, I know many Koreans who got degrees from like, the best universities in the states, in uh, in Australia, and after working there for a while, they they come in, many of them coming back mm. at really good positions here in in, in Korea. Even though the competition is so high, they still um, they still been you know picked, cherry picked, then yeah. best of the best. Yeah. No matter what, they give them the labs, they give them the funding, uh, students, whatever. Just come back and work here. Another interesting one. I remember talking with you years ago, obviously before you left, but you were saying, "Come up to Seoul, man. The, you have an idea. They'll give you fifty grand. No, 
They'll give you they'll give you an office. They'll give you fifty grand and did, they'll let did, you. Did I tell you that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that no, was, was that seemed was like lying. a. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Uh, I I did I did say that, and yeah. I I remember I was telling this to John, to to, mm. to Robbie, uh, to Brian. I was saying, look, guys, right now. Well, it was like three years ago before uh, COVID. Indeed, there is a whole department uh, yeah. funded by Seoul uh, by Seoul government. And they're looking for interesting projects to fund. Mm. They're organizing startup competitions, hackathon. Mm. I, Seoul Global Center, yeah. Seoul Global Center, yeah. yeah they have yeah. the incubation center and everything, yeah. So I don't know if, if, if this uh, guy still works there, uh, Honsok. He is the, the person to talk to. He, mm. he can help you to find a... Uh, an accountant, a tax advisor, help you to find space and so on and so forth and let you know about all this competition. So they do uh, support uh, foreigners. They try to, to choose like the best companies um, that time. They also have courses, free courses on business, on marketing, on Korean law, uh, design, whatever. Everything, uh, right? Every, everything is there. And I know a few companies who are very successful in uh, starting businesses in uh, in Korea, mm. thanks to these platforms. Yeah. Well, that's a, yeah. They gotta you gotta shoot a couple, take a couple shots, and maybe uh, you know they're they're dishing money out to everyone. Some a, fr- a friend of mine, me. he started a, a business um, before living to Harvard, he started a company in uh, developing this prosthetic arms, mm. robotic arms, which uh, kind of reads the sensors from, from your muscles and help you to move, mm. lift your arms, especially for paralyzed people. It's, yeah. so, it's so, so important. And the government gave them, I don't know, maybe two million, 200 million won, like $200,000. So just uh, uh, supporting, supporting, yeah. Wild. Oh, there's no, I mean, we've had numerous guests on here that can attest to that. There's if you got something that they're interested in, they'll throw money at it for sure. Uh, we tried with a couple of my students to apply for funding. Uh, one idea, a startup idea, was about um, a, a payment system for universities for campuses mm. based on blockchain and, uh, and 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 Bitcoin. At that time, the transaction fees were very low, so the idea was instead of using credit cards. Where you pay twenty percent to two percent fees for every every purchase. Mm. So idea was to uh, introduce this platform to coffee shops on campus, and people before going to a coffee shop they could actually order like in ten minutes, twenty minutes mm. before with a discount. Because that, the problem on our campus was that we had only one coffee shop, and everyone after cafeteria after having lunch they all line up to yep. the same to same same coffee. Mm. Just so many people there. Yep. So why not to pre order? This coffee and then just have it ready, pick it up. Exactly, exactly. And so it was all kind of a mobile app using blockchain, and uh, we developed the core of the system. Everything was ready except the the, the terminal for mm. the cashier. So because yeah. that was the hardest part, the hardware part. So eventually, uh, the student got a job at LG. As I said before, mm. he didn't want to do uh, well. He wanted <laughs> to do a startup, but LG was more profitable and uh, more stable. So that was one idea, and uh, yeah, I talked uh, to Seoul Global Center. They were very happy to support this idea. Uh, and another idea, we developed an app that could uh, analyze your biological age mm. just by putting a finger on a camera. It records the fluctuations in blood, right, intensity, and then we detect the uh, the shape of the 
signal of the wave oh, right yeah. and that shape is different for younger people and for other elderly people oh, okay. this is one two the inter intervals also varies for a person who is about to die mm. that interval is very constant <laughs> yeah, yeah this is this is interesting right yeah. so before you die your pulse is constant let's say 60 beats per minute for like five minutes it doesn't change oh. if it fluctuates it's good Mm. For a healthy young person, it should fluctuate, go, goes up and down yeah. all the time. So this was another way to measure um, the, the health of mm. a cardiovascular system oh. and detect biological age. So we also developed this app. It's on, on my uh, Git, uh, Git, GitHub. GitHub, yeah, with one of the students from uh, Kazakhstan. He's now also moved to uh, uh, Kyoto University. Yeah. And they're all moving to you know, to, to, to better places. No one wants to take risks to create something, some, something on their own. So also Seoul Global Center was very supportive of that. Mm. Just have an idea, bring it, yeah. bring it to them. They're going to support you. And there are so many venture funds. They're looking for great ideas in yeah. Seoul. So many people from California com coming down here. Koreans, uh, start yeah. their own venture funds. They are ready to invest. Yeah. And right now, even with COVID, there's so much free money because um, uh, because the governments just print money. If you have an idea, you'll be able to uh, to find money and get funded. <laughs> you gotta be willing to take the risks. Yes, that's true. Speaking of uh, having lineups at coffee shops, do you see the the Starbucks baristas are on strike or they're they're no, trying to strike I, in Korea? No, in in Korea, mm. they're uh, <clears throat> or they're they're kind of pushing back against their their harsh working conditions, I guess. I think it's mm, the drive-through that never stops. <laughs> well, they said there. Sometimes those drive-throughs are just plugged forever. The one, the one. I I read a stat like they had to serve six hundred and fifteen coffee orders or something in a shift. That's insane. That seems like a lot of, and it's not. It's they not go like work at Tucson place, no. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, that's go, that's a go work at Tucson. You'll be sixty-two a shift. And they uh, they interviewed the one lady. Obviously, who was just standing in line. Like, why do you come here with your friends? Like. Well, Starbucks has something for everyone. Like, I don't know why. I just, my default is I'm getting, uh, yeah, I'm going to get a, a shot of espresso. But she's like, oh, see, my friend, she likes the Momomo latte with the two leaves and she likes it. Can you imagine having to know all of those things and prepare, I don't, be I don't, able to prepare I don't think, 17 different drinks? I don't think drinks? it's a big deal here. I think in Canada and the States where people are more me, 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 it's way, it's way worse. Mm. My sister used to order. I don't even. It's it's like a whole lingo. They have like their own language. Mm. Uh, Vanilla bullshit on the dance on the dance floor with sprinkle <laughs> or party on top and says party is sprinkles and dance floor is whipped cream and I'm like two spoons of this and one scoop of that and one shot of this. I'm like what the heck? It's like a science experiment. <laughs> and you got to remember everyone's order. Yeah. Oh my god, it's crazy. But that's you can have it your way. That's McDonald's, yeah. right? Get it your way or whatever. Just a couple of days ago, we were at the. Um, Ulsan Hotel, a lot of, sorry, a lot of hotel buffet yeah. uh, for Abby and John. And uh, Abby said he's going this Sunday. This Sunday. He told me he's going Sunday. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. going to go again. Yeah. Is it that good? Yeah, high, high rollers. It's, it's 70 bucks a but Yeah, but, but, it's, but it's delicious. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for a bunch of single guys, Plus, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it last Sunday? We celebrated John's uh, birthday. He turned to what thirty-five or something. Yeah, so it was a big, a big, yeah. So what I wanted to say uh, while I was at this um, uh, this buffet restaurant, there's so many nice ladies. I mean, nice, good-looking, kind. Mm. 
And working or, or customers? Uh, waitress. Waitresses. Waitresses. And I'm thinking, man, we don't use human capital uh, in the right way. I mean, all all of these people could be replaced. I'm sorry to say, by, by robots, and yeah. it's gonna happen in the future. Same at it's co- happening. It's, it's happening every day. Here. Same at Starbucks. People complain that they had to work uh, a lot, and I understand mm. them. First of all, again, I don't want to offend anyone, but I think it's a pretty boring job. Right. And it's a hard job mm. because you have to communicate with people. Mm. Whenever you have to communicate with people, you have to uh, maintain a posture. You cannot show, uh, you know, emotions and so on and so forth. It's yeah, yeah, really yeah. hard. It's draining. That's it. Robots don't get tired. They don't take days off. They don't exactly. Need health, health insurance. They Yet. Don't exactly. Yet. <laughs> Wait. You guys see an iRobot? <laughs> iRobot is the best movie, I think, uh, about robots. Yeah. Oh, what about? It's uh, 2005, I think. What right? about? It's not uh, four. It's, what about Ex Machina? That's my best. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's a, such a great movie. Why do you think it's a great movie? Because in the end, like she passes the touring test. Right? <laughs> Man, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. You I'm don't... so happy I answered that right. <laughs> this is no, that's that's spot on exactly because she passes the touring. She test. um she she does everything perfectly. She hmm. manipulates to to escape. But the question is, was it her whole? mission her her whole goal of existence to just escape the house right yeah but can she actually do anything else does she have a general intelligence when she get to i don't know to a big city what she's gonna do what this robot will do can she get a job can she communicate but there's still big in terms of conversation yeah she trick him but right now we have ai that can trick people to do uh, whatever you want she's she adapted to i mean him going in there maybe you have to figure out what she knew about him first because she adapted to his his situation. She right? but, did, but maybe she was programmed to adapt to these things to escape the house. Because the, the, the maker knew... Um, the the maker knew something about that guy, right? The but maker he, knew a lot about this guy because he was the uh, employer of, employer, the, uh, so, of yeah. the company. But even if he wouldn't, uh, the, the robot could still learn certain things and maybe train to manipulate but that's, humans. But that's probably why it was in the isolated place as well, right? Because yeah. it opens it to a lot more questions if they were in a big city and she right, has to navigate right. through. So a, that's why the question is, did mm. she pass the Turing test? I mean, what is Turing test, first of all? It's when you have a computer in the other room or a person in another room. And you as a, as a human should be Can't able distinct. to distinguish. Yeah. Am I talking to a human? Am I talking to a, a computer, a, mm. a robot through chatting pretty much? Yeah. It's This test can be passed now. There are systems that, that can mimic uh, people very easily. Ooh. But yeah, for example, look up GPT-3 model. That mm. is a model that uh, you could ask questions, hypothetical questions like this. What would uh, Albert Einstein think about global warming? Mm. How can <laughs> how can he answer this question? Yeah. He, he never lived through this, but the model could approximate kind of mm. average out on the facts that uh, he yeah. uh, it knows about um, uh, Einstein. So it can be done; it's been done. But uh, the general intelligence, the the ability to learn mm. and learn to learn, mm. that is still a big question. The logic, lo- logical reasoning is still not there. Approximation, averaging out the facts, is is done quite uh, yeah, yeah. accurately right now so that, that that's that's the uh, exactly the point of this movie sure she might pass the simplistic uh, turing test but does she have this ability to f- to generalize and to learn mm. if she is back in 
in a, in a city in the real world, can she communicate if people learn from them and do something meaningful? Right? That's it's a big question, right? That there's there's lots to unpack there though. But it, it's it a comes great down movie. to what, yeah, yeah. How does this come back to the the Lotte Hotel waitresses? Yeah. So um, so this so this uh, yeah. In terms of this waitresses, okay. Pick any other uh, job, drivers, right? Hmm. People like to drive, but w- would you enjoy driving every single day from nine to five uh, a bus from uh, Samsung to Mogdong? Ogdong, it's uh, it's tiring. Monotonous. It's hard. So exactly, you just create a, a bot, and we have already the technology that will do this job. Now, what the driver will do? Will he get a job? No, just give him uh, a salary. He will maybe start painting or start learning new skills, or is, yeah. so on and so forth. But this is the this is the the same but the argument for the universal basic income once once they take over. But won't it doesn't it swing again both ways where once people are freer or once people are have the uh, the freedom to do whatever they want, won't we naturally gravitate back towards a service industry job where you do um, you know where you do have connection? Think about now. I, I think about. The, the current shops in have you noticed any of the shops here the muin shops you can get a coffee with no one in the shop you go in there's an ice cream shop in front of my house you can buy whatever the coffee the coffee shop um there's there's tons of them now yeah, tons of them. yeah. but aren't, all the fast food restaurants are all robotized so what, what i want to yeah, well, sorry, sorry, but, but won't you won't people long for human communication or yeah, at parks recreation facilities sports hobbies yeah i don't think it's going to be i want a job so i can communicate with people Go to the playground. Go to the community center. Go to the cultural center. Brian, mm. I, 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 Brian, I but think people want purpose, no? Brian, I think yeah. uh, and know we, that they're contributing. I so. think in the future we should give opportunity to each person to do what he or she wants. For example, mm. if you want to be a driver, right? You just enjoy driving. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, go yeah. ahead, drive, mm. but. Know that if you don't drive, you're gonna get the same money, and you could use this money maybe to learn a new skill, okay. yeah, right? Yeah. But hold on, in, hold on. Companies yeah, sorry, aren't right. gonna pay that guy who wants to drive. Companies because should, they have to pay for his medical insurance and his pension and that, everything else. That's right. But 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 uh, they will still have to pay a higher tax now. As soon as you hire a robot, hire or you know um, build a robot to do a job, governments will tax that company more because that exactly to offset and to pay people who now have you know don't have a job so i wanted that's what stifles the innovation then why develop the robots if we just gotta pay (laughs) for the companies it's the bottom line right i mean if it's not if there's if the bottom line's not if you're not bringing more money in there's no sense developing the robots Right. I mean, they're gonna, if they develop the robots and now they just pay more taxes to pay the guys. Well, uh, for example, t- uh, less car crashes could be because robots will, will follow the rules and with tons of sensors around. Where's, uh, I mean, if you go back 50 years until now, we've developed an amazing amount of technology, yet we still are probably busier than ever. Where's the tipping point? When does it turn into... You know, use the the easy one of a laundry machine or whatever device you have to phones facilitate instant communication. We don't have to write a letter and send it, and you know. Um, but we're not any less busy. Is there going to be the 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 when the switch flips, 
then oh, suddenly no one no one has to work? Or is it just going to be a constant? I think, uh, we I need think people to maintain the machines. Already, isn't it? I mean, lots of countries now unemployment's going up. There's a lot more pe- retirements getting younger. Mm. It, it's happening already. We're just not noticing it. And then ten years ago, holy shit! Like now, people have to retire at sixty because. No one no wants jobs. to pay them past that. There's no jobs. And- so, so there are there are two sides of uh, of the story. One side is that yeah, uh, robots will replace uh, people, mm. and it's up to human to dis- to decide what to do. Like in in science, there are many people like myself who would do the same thing without any pay. Mm. I don't care if I get paid to do research or not mm. because I just love it's entertaining it's it's uh, creative it's it's fun it's your passion it's, pa- it's it's my passion exactly and there are many people like this in any job mm. so let them do what they want if they want mm. right um but generally yes many jobs will will disappear on the other hand you have to also keep in mind there are still jobs uh, maybe in academia maybe in some uh, in business where that experience that a person accumulated is so precious that mm. you don't want to retire this person. Mm. You want to keep this person as long as, as you can. And uh, that's why I think one of the reasons why the retirement age is going to be pushed further oh, yeah. is because we don't want to lose the skills. And two, people are just going to live longer, sure. 100 years. So it's, it, 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 it depends. Mm. Some jobs will disappear, but some jobs will actually be still uh, uh, useful and uh, we'll work even more. At least we'll be allowed to work more if we want. I like the idea of, of UBI and having, if you have to work as a barista or whatever, that knowing you have to work sucks. But if you chose, like you said, if you chose, I like driving, I like making coffees, I take pride in, in doing what I do and I'm, you know, that uh, that's that's a special thing, but that'll how... be that'll be retro in twenty years. Come to the coffee shop where there's waitresses that serve you. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah. Come to the shop that has no phone service. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I, I heard that ten years ago where they said like nostalgic retreats, like oh, welcome to the eighties, are going to be a huge thing, or blackout, you know, uh, blackout yeah. campgrounds and stuff like that, where there's no no service, no electricity. Talk, talking about this uh, again, there, there is a big difference between Australia, maybe Canada, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and Korea. In those countries, people, Italy especially, in those countries, people go to coffee shop to interact. Mm. You talk to a barista; it's probably the owner also of the shop. They are all small shops. Love it. You you know talk about life, weather, small chit chats. That is the reason for you, not just coffee, but you know yes. talking to to locals. In Korea, with the Starbucks, no one talks to baristas. You come in, say, cappuccino uh, juice. That's it. That's the whole conversation. Then you take your... And look, I, I do exactly the same thing. I'm not saying that it's better or, or good. It's just different uh, culture. Diff- different culture. culture. Yeah, and the competitiveness of, 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 of this culture. But I think in Korea, that's why the progress is faster, because people are already used to that yeah. it's they're all they're already talking in coffee shop like to robots they mm. just you know pressing buttons absolutely yeah. well if you want to take that a step further 100 percent, a step further in japan where you walk in you have the touch order screen you sit down in a cubicle the man lifts up a little almost like a jail cell i'd say they lift up the little thing slide you your food you don't talk to anyone you don't see the chef they it's just a little whoop, whoop. finish got, you eat your food and you go they got love motels <laughs> like that here 
You just go tap your Morse code in the thing. The lady gives you a key. You head upstairs. That's it. I went with Jeffy. What? 10 F- F1 in Mukpo. We stayed in Guangzhou. And Jeffy's like, how do we get in here? <laughs> it was either a vending machine. One night we had a vending machine where you just put put your 20 bucks in and they just spits out the key. Oh, that's awesome. And you get to go up. And the other one was like, they, those things used to be all over. That's where we used to stay when we used to go traveling mm-hmm. on the weekends, man. There's, you know, it looks like this little... This little opening in the thing, and you just say one room, that gone. And but that's, uh, you know. Well, there is also privacy component, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, what? I was, I was making fun, but yeah. <laughs> you gotta stick your finger and check your heart monitor first. <laughs> you gotta pass Lensky's, Lensky's heart monitor During test. test. <laughs> yeah. Lensky, tell us a little about, about the the work that you're doing in, in Australia right now. Medical data analysis, privacy analysis for the government, COVID yeah, graphs. Um, yeah, maybe I should start with, with Korea first sure. uh, because, you know, it's just chronologically. Yeah. Um, so in, um, in Korea, while I was doing my PhD, we applied uh, with my another uh, professor for a grant. So it was a military grant, Agency for Defense Development, to develop a computer vision system for military vehicles, like, you know, tanks, for example. And the goal was to create a tank that recognized the type of terrain, the type of soil it's, mm. it's going through. The The mission for, for the military institute was to make a system when one operator could control multiple robots or tanks at the same time. Like a, like a video game. Like a video game, like but they, like you don't control one, you control like four yeah. or five. No, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You, now you can build your army and the ah, kids right. are playing this yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, so, something like that. Uh. Yeah, so that was also the, the work of part of my PhD. Um, we developed this algorithm based on uh, that time very popular uh, scale invariant feature transform. Um, yeah, so that's that's one. Then when I got hired uh, by Korean University of Technology and Education, Korea Tech, we participated in another competition by Hyundai once and by um, by ADD agency for defense development we developed pretty much a car from from scratch they, they give us a car but we have to develop the mechanical system the obstacle detection obstacle avoidance uh, computer uh, vision system to detect pedestrians uh, crosswalks uh, and all of that it was also an interesting interesting project and the source codes are available on my github if you want to modify your own car to make it autonomous. <laughs> um, yeah, then also uh, a few startups, the one I mentioned before, there was another one. Uh, uh, I and uh, a few of my students, we developed a robot platform for educational purposes. So students could code and see their you know, robots moving around. It was kind of a combination of, it was an augmented reality. So you combine virtual reality and uh, the, the real robots. So the virtual reality was, for example, the obstacles, mm-hmm. but the robots were actually real. Um, yeah, so something like that. And then uh, when I moved to Australia... Can you can you maybe first talk about why you left Korea? Um, what, what lured you out? And, and yeah, yeah. So why, why you went to Australia? Yeah, so uh, Korea was amazing to me, just like I mentioned. First of all, meeting all my best friends here, doing MMA, gaining muscles, enjoying sports, uh, meeting cool uh, Korean friends. Yeah, everything was good. And the job was perfect. So much for freedom. You know, we had five months vacation. 
two like two and a half months almost in uh, uh, winter, two and a half in uh, summer. Ten, yeah, ten weeks. And you know, no one give a damn what you do. I mean, you do supposedly to, to, doing research or preparing for courses, but it's up to you how you're doing that. Mm. And that's when uh, you know I traveled a lot and eventually uh, applied for a PR in Australia, right? And um, mm. and then I was just just going there for summer and winter breaks, having fun surfing and so on and so forth of course doing 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 a lot of work as well for my university <laughs> don't forget to say that <laughs> no no that's true I, well yeah. the truth is i worked more than i you know enjoyed life mm -hmm. uh, that's 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 the truth yeah yeah you need a balance you said uh your pr but can you speak quickly to ar versus vr uh what you feel in the next 10 years i mean metaverse is making waves now you know, with, with Facebook changing its name, but I've always been in Camp AR, and I think that will be the that's going to be the the future of of tech. What would you, if you had to place a bet on AR or VR? What do you okay, think? So, be so AR is augmented reality. So you have this glasses through which you see the real world, and then it augments, it adds some virtual objects A there. digital layer of information Di on top of reality. Yes, yeah. yes, and virtual is completely virtual so there's no, yeah. no no nothing nothing is real there uh so the question is are they are they both gonna are they both gonna take off do you think i do think you see one clear both, winner no definitely both of them will uh take off mm. ar is useful in practical applications okay. if you're an engineer mm. and or if you're a medical doctor and you have a patient in front of you mm. this ar layer could for example emerge a um mri image or ultrasound image, which allows you to see through the patient, yeah. and then it just draws, draws it right, paints mm. on top of the human's body, yeah, yeah. so you can see through what yeah. is going on inside. It's so useful and it helps mm. you to make decisions. We are, I think, is more of a kind of a fun thing. Mm. Yeah, games. This meta by Facebook. Are you? Uh, do you have a plot of land in uh, in the uh, Decentraland yet? Uh, I missed it. I missed. It. I was going to buy a couple of months ago. I think now it's maybe a bit late. Although probably I, I said missed. that about Tesla in uh, yeah. in April yeah. twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You're right. You're right. It it could be a good opportunity to buy now uh, mm. lands in in Meta. So, yeah, mm. yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be big. Some researchers say that it's actually. Um, will make it worse for for everyone because you know people will completely live in virtual reality and. Even through the the gap between real life and computer life, virtual yeah. life, but gonna, we're we're already increase. there now. No, is this base reality, Lansky? <laughs> eh? Tell me, it's not. <laughs> you gonna unplug anytime? Have you seen the new Matrix? No, no. I want okay. to see. It. We'll get onto yeah. that after. Yeah. Okay, on to Australia and. Yeah. So again, I applied for the PR, and uh, surprisingly, well. They, they granted, uh, and then I started going back and forth. And eventually, in 2018, I started realizing that you know my PR expires like in one year or so. So if I'm not gonna move there, I'm gonna mm -hmm. lose my PR. Start looking for so jobs. Now it's just a game between keep your exactly. residency in both places. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I love both countries. Yeah. And both countries have their own advantages yeah and no disadvantages almost uh <laughs> as long as you have yeah. the, yeah, the, dis yeah. the disadvantages are outweighed by the advantages of the other country i like it yeah it's it also depends on your life lifestyle if you are you know hard-working person and uh, you you kind of on the same wave of koreans 
then Korea is, is the best place. For me, I feel very comfortable in Korea. Mm. Go to coffee shop, as I mentioned, and everyone does exactly the same thing as mm. I do. I go to a coffee shop in Australia, and I'm like an outlier. Mm. You know, everyone is enjoying talking. I'm working on my computer, and you know, I don't feel very comfortable about yeah. that. So K- K- Korea is definitely has its uh, advantages. So yeah, eventually in 2018, I just started applying for jobs, and I uh, got this job, and I uh, had to move um, to to Australia, so I don't lose my PR there. Any any intention of coming back permanently here or no? Mm, let's see, because you know I'm still uh, single. Uh, maybe I'll come back and marry someone here in, in Korea and just settle down, like you guys. You're a really good example. <laughs> my wife, my wife came with my contract to DLC, man. <laughs> so that was uh, that was part of the deal. Yeah, and in terms of the 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 work that that I do in Australia, it's mostly uh, in the medical domain. So one project is um, related to neuroscience, like you know, analyzing multiple sclerosis, strokes, uh, Parkinson, by you know, collecting data from, from patients and analyzing this data. Uh, another one is uh, we've done some work for the Department of Health. It's uh, analysis of privacy leaks and data that they release. Mm. Right? Another work was for the uh, De- Department of Defense. Uh, when COVID hit, we proposed this uh, model for analyzing text, uh, to analyzing text and literature to try to find connection between various drugs uh, or uh, you know, genes, or you know, building this kind of big graph and try to traverse and understand this graph and predict some missing links. For mm-hmm. example, we could predict that this drug might be potentially useful for treating. COVID mm. by analyzing the big body of literature, mm. paper, scientific papers. And in, in the end, you found out that if you banned Djokovic from entering Australia, other tennis players have a better chance of winning the Australian Open. Did you notice that? Was that, was that the uh, the results <laughs> of your of your literature analysis? There, Did was, you? there was a funny meme on yesterday. Mm. The start of World War Three was... Australia not letting a tennis player enter from Serbia. <laughs> they shoot a and nuke. And that started World War Three, Dude, the... Guys, you have to really understand uh, how Australians feel about this. And I resonate with them. Uh, imagine for the past one and a half years, we had this constant lockdowns. Yeah, I the, the borders were completely closed. Sure. It's the, the only country that pretty much had been closed for years yeah. a year but, and a half but hold, so, on, but hold on so so to get to the country to get to the country even if you are citizens think about you this get in, yeah. you're a citizen and you cannot 60, return of them stranded abroad, you can't yeah. and now after all these lockdowns all, all these restrictions all this vaccination we had to go through by the way in canberra in the australian capital territory we have 95 percent of vaccination no way. Wait, can you imagine? Like everyone. That's huge. And this yeah. guy comes... I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. You might be uh, uh, the, the the president of the United States or uh, the God himself. You have to follow this, the, this regulations, right? If you make a restriction, uh, the, uh, an exception for one person, we have Slippery to make... Slippery slope, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Well, that's on. what Didn't people Didn't they are. host the French Open last year? They, yeah, or, but sorry, that, the Australian Open. Last but that's pre that's pre vaccination. Yeah. yeah, but still the lockdowns were on, and I thought that was crazy that they let all those people come in. 
And because I remember the girls were practicing in their in their hotel rooms because they delayed the start of it, hmm. and the girls were practicing forehands on the wall. They they moved the beds. Yes, and but were practicing in their hotel right, rooms. Right, but those those uh, tennis players they still were under quarantine for two weeks. Even that time, it was very strict. It was actually a scandal. Right. Someone I just mean tried in terms to... of the Australian nationals couldn't come home, but yeah. they were letting all these tennis players come in. But the, I mean the the president said it very clearly. Like, we allow people with two vaccinations to come in. If you don't have them, you can't come. And he just it was that's very it. the rules were there. Kind of kind of snarky, but that's the prime minister. Yeah, yeah, prime minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. It was uh in I mean I, I think people would love to see Djokovic go in and, and clean up the Australian Open, but dude, they don't like you said it's a slippery slope. If he gets in, then it's you oh, know, it's an it's easy, an extra. That's an easy decision. No way, man. Not a chance. Well, the, I think but, I, I, hold on. going going hmm. to China they're going to host the the Olympics in, in a month. Of, have you heard of anyone going? That's a crazy I asked dad yesterday. Not a thing. Usually it's like, meet, Countdown your, meet your athletes. Every night, 6 o'clock news, mm. meet the athletes. In Korea, it's been on for the last five Olympics I've been here. Or four, whatever. Meet the athletes. Mm. Team Korea. Here's this. Team Canada. Every time. But, there's, there's not a word out of what the Olympics But are. the thing is that it's, it's politicized now, right? Because everyone's protesting or everyone's yeah, uh, boycotting the is is there any talk do you know who the do you know who's going do you know what the teams are nobody knows anything they're only sending athletes there's no uh no political figures or anyone that's going the same with them. Yeah. the same in australia yeah. the australian government said they, they're, not, they're not going to send any official government officials there. well the, what, there's huge beef between australia you want you want, you want, you want the yeah. government officials there so they can keep an eye on and, and be the the watchdog looking over all the stuff that's going on Anyways, we can go in for mm. 10 hours on this. Yeah. Give me some cryptocurrency uh, updates. No, hold on. I, I have a, <laughs> I have a, a text. Our, our birthdays are one was day, a, one day a, apart. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Lenski, it's the, an annual thing. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, happy birthday to you too. Hey, did you see the price of Bitcoin? Yeah, it's $1,300. It's $1,300 Canadian dollars. This, this is burned in my memory forever. Before I die... I'm going to have a flash of like my wedding day, my kids being born and Lenski's text. <laughs> it's $1,300. I suggest buying just one. You know, it's just, just one. It, you know, I, I have a strong feeling it's going to go up. I'm like, no, man, it's doubled. It was 600 bucks the other day. Like it's 13. No way. It's never going. Here we are. <laughs> and here we are. But anyways, what, uh, yeah, give us your, uh, your scoop not not so much what is bitcoin but you know um do we need it can it be shut down in the in the future in your trading experience with it i know you've you've made uh are you holding lots now what do you mean to mr satoshi over here he invented the shit no right? no no no, no, no. <laughs> I, I i don't unfortunately yeah. well you bought and sold in the early days made a little uh Maybe yeah, so so let, let's let's talk about uh, about Bitcoin. So first mm. of all, I was introduced to Bitcoin quite late. It was I think 2014, uh, and uh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, I, yeah, yeah. I, sta- I started I started you know traveling to different conferences, to Hong Kong, Singapore, just to to meet people in this mm. in this field, and of course in Korea, I met a lot of people who now. Billionaires, the old, the old billionaires now, they have huge companies. Like for, for example, Vitalik Buterin, the, the one who developed, uh, Ethereum. Ethereum. I know, yeah. I know him personally and, um, the Binance. Uh, he's, he's, it, like, 
he needs someone needs to give him the touring or do the touring test on him. <laughs> he's just I've, he. I've seen a couple things on him. He's before. just he's he's computing. He's not interacting. He's computing and like giving answers. <laughs> Lenski, so, can you lend me a hundred bucks? I got an idea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, just 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 lend me one Ethereum, right? One Ether. Yeah. Which was. Ten dollars at the time. Now it's what four thousand dollars or something. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Wild. Yeah. But they, again, I was buying Ethereum when it was thirty thousand one thirty dollars, yeah. right, and selling it when it was two hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and now but, it's four thousand. But yeah, but hold on. But when? How long do you hold on to it for? That's the thing. We again, me, Rabbi, and John, we were looking at at Bitcoin when it was a dollar, but. You you could have just thrown it like just flush ten dollars down the toilet. What's so, the thing? So Bitcoin when when I started, Bitcoin was mm. f- about five hundred dollars. Yeah, and I bought around ten million one of Bitcoin. Okay, right, and then it dropped to two hundred dollars. Yeah, so I lost. You cried. But, uh, yeah, I was pretty upset, but I knew it's gonna be good. So I bought <laughs> more. Yeah, right at two hundred. So I had, I don't know, I don't remember how many Bitcoins I had, like 20 or something at that point. And I sold when it was $1,000, mm. right? And then I started trading back and forth. So at the very top, uh, the highest I had around 100 Bitcoin. But I was too greedy. Mm. Anyways, uh, thanks to this investment, I was able to buy some property. And I, I'm very happy with that. Good. So I do trade mm. and I do generate Bitcoins that fluctuates up and down. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's not that I'm... You generate your mining Bitcoins? No, I don't mine. I did mine in 2014 or 15. I bought those two ant miners, put it in my office mm. and said that that's an, you know, kind of an experiment that I'm running. Mm. So... University. Just draining the power from those okay on with that. Yeah. yeah, which, okay, for the record, I did some experiments uh, with Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, so it was a research project. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, eventually, I turned them off. They they was, it generated enough Bitcoin to pay off the, the price okay. of endpiners uh, of that yeah. I paid, but then I turned it off. It was too noisy. Oh. It was too noisy, too hot, you know, especially in summer. Sure. Just turn it off. Um I mean, we we cry now, like, oh, we you know we could have had this much Bitcoin, could have bought a, a thousand of them for for the price of a kimbap. How hard is it to hold on to them and not have them stolen or or lose them? It's I not, just saw the hard. the the one guy just lost all of his monkey. His what is it? Uh, what's the popular NFT? The the ape. Uh, the the apes. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? The, I, I know. Yeah. There, there's a the, news, but, yeah. the the popular NFT, the the big one. But that mm. guy just had like two million dollars NFT stolen. Like, how is it difficult to to hold your hold your coins and not have someone rip yeah, them off? So or, or so, so so how do you buy Bitcoin? First of all, you go to an exchange mm. like in Korea. There's Corbit is one of them. Yeah, and you have to verify. I don't know if, you, if foreigners can actually buy in. Um, in Korea, but anyway, you, yeah, yeah, you go to this exchange, uh, you buy uh, Bitcoin, pretty much what you transfer Korean won, you exchange it to Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency you mm. want, and you have two options. One is you keep it on the exchange, mm. then you can do trading by yeah. itself, or if you don't want to trade and you want to be safe, to make sure, because there there are some risks. For example, the exchange could be hacked, right? Or so maybe some or government regulation closed down, regulation. No? Close down exactly. Mm. So what you do? 
you send this Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency you have to so-called cold wallet. Mm. So you send it to uh, to an address of the exchange and you write down your so-called password, private key. Mm. That's it. That private key is your uh, account and your password. That's it. So if you lose this paper, mm. you lose 100 Bitcoins. Like 100 Bitcoins, let's say it's what, $5 million, mm. right? You lose this paper, you lose $5 million and no one is gonna help you. That's the disadvantage of uh, Bitcoin. Mm. You get a tattoo it on Bitcoin, your Bitcoin, no, you don't want because someone will steal it. No, but you, I mean like prison break tattoo, like it's all, it's all uh, cryptic. You've seen Prison Break. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can do it. Or, you know, you some... want to lose it, that's for sure. Or some people tattoo it uh, inside their mouth somewhere so no one can... Yeah, that'd it. be a good It's something like that. Except the tattoo artist is hunting you down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, you're right. First of all, uh, Bitcoin is a distributed system, right? It's uh, It solves one main problem, that you don't have to have a central authority. You don't have to trust one entity mm. uh, in bitcoin you have a hundreds of nodes mm. which are copies of each other right the question then is how can these entities these nodes agree to maintain the same database the same ledger mm. so when you send uh, brian uh, let's say one bitcoin to nate that transaction will be stored on one server mm. let's say if we're talking about centralized system it's going to be let's say shenan, shenan bank right mm. you send transaction but what if uh an asteroid hits this server and the old data gone all your money gone right mm. so that's the problem of centralized systems yeah. the second problem is what if they say oh brian is a spy for ussr yeah right we're gonna block his account you can't do anything, mm. right? So they have this power over you. Bitcoin tries to, to solve this problem. So by creating multiple servers, multiple nodes. So even if you destroy one, you cannot destroy thousands of okay. others, yeah. right? One. Two, if uh, one is corrupted, mm. right? Something, the, the, the ledger, the records are changed, others are still consistent. Yeah. Right? Okay. The, the question is, how can they find uh, the, the rich consensus? How can they all agree mm. that the, the ledger that one node has is the same as the others? Yeah. The, the others. And that's what Bitcoin uh, pretty much solves. And it solves through mining. That's called proof of work. Mm. If you if you solve a, a simple mathematical problem, but very computationally intensive, if you solve, everyone is trying to solve this problem. Mm. That's called Bitcoin mining. As mm. soon as you solve this problem, pretty much raise your hand and flex. Look, I solved this problem. Here is the solution. And solving the problem is very difficult, but checking the solution is easy, right? like Sudoku puzzle. Okay, it's yeah. hard to find Figure the solution, out, yeah, right? Yeah. You have to try combinatorial search. But as soon as you solve this problem, mm. I give it to your solution. You can just check that all yeah, sums up and everything is good. Yeah. That's exactly the same. So as soon as you've done that, um, the you get this priority mm. to. Include your block. That's where the, the word block yeah. comes in. Your block of transactions, right? Okay. So you take a transaction from Brian to Nate and you put it in this block and they say, okay, here's my block. So you get reward for solving this problem, mm -hmm. right? The computation problem. You get a, 
the uh, priority to include your block and select the transactions. And you get also fees because transactions now all associated with certain small okay, fee. Okay, okay. So you generate money this, this way. So that's how, um, that's how uh, this consensus is reached. Only those who solve the problem, in other words, put some work and they, they can prove that they've done, they have a chance to put their block mm. into the blockchain and blockchain grows. Yeah. And each block contains the, this transaction. So this is what, uh, how uh, Bitcoin works. Um, and in terms of the price, uh, now, uh, I honestly think that the only purpose of Bitcoin right now is store of value. Mm. It's like digital gold. Right? Uh, if you look at the price of Bitcoin, it's, it's kind of corrected right now. Just in the past uh, month or so, yeah. it's been going down. If you compare the uh, domination of Bitcoin and altcoins, you will see that domination of Bitcoin is actually going down. So it means people invest less in Bitcoin, but more in altcoins so-called mm. shitcoins yeah. right uh, even though bitcoin is the is the first one the first mover it has first mover, mover advantage it it has a relatively outdated technology this mm. new altcoins is much more advanced much faster do not require proof of work burning a lot of electricity they use proof of stake and some other some yeah. other ways to actual proof that they've done something so they they have an opportunity to mm. conclude the yeah. block whatever um so from this perspective, one might argue that Bitcoin is outdated, obsolete. Let's move on to 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 new uh, cryptocurrency, and Bitcoin is gonna be going down, yeah, yeah. right? Why doesn't he, yeah. a regular Joe, invest into Bitcoin? Two reasons, in my opinion. First of all, psychological, Bitcoin is too expensive, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. You can only buy one Bitcoin for no forty five thousand uh, dollars, or you could buy trillion of should tokens for like one dollar, right? And, so the, and the chance of them doubling is quite. So, so this is a yeah. psychology. And second, you're absolutely right yeah. because everyone is anticipating this pump, yeah. which of course is gonna fall by dump, most or probably. Yeah. yeah, you buy a token for one cent, and tomorrow this token is one thousand dollars, and that's that's uh, easy easy money. Even Doge Dogecoin, Dogecoin went from yeah. went from a fraction of a penny. Tweeting about. Which it's, is which is insane, and that's yeah, why it's crazy. Yeah. It's insane that th th there is no new technology in uh, Dogecoin. There is nothing there, right? Mm. Absolutely useless token. But because people buy, you know, what, what is the price of uh, of this cup, for example? Mm. What is the price? The price is what someone's willing to pay. What you're willing to pay, yeah. exactly. And let's say you want to, uh, you you would buy it for one dollar. But for me, this cup is so important because my Grand grand grandfather gave it to me as a as a gift, right? When he was passing away, let's say. Yeah, yeah. So it's priceless, right? Yeah. So the same 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 with tokens. It depends on how much you want to pay. If it's if someone is willing to pay two dollars for uh, Dogecoin, which actually thin air, there's yeah. nothing there. Then that's that's the price. Yeah. And when you buy this uh, altcoins, you hope there will be another. Joel, who will pay a higher price for nothing. It's a, it's a large Ponzi scheme. No? Uh, in a sense, uh, in yeah. a sense, yes, yes. So, But Bitcoin is different. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Bitcoin has this massive infra infrastructure, mm. miners all over, around the world, right? The the brand name of Bitcoin, digital gold. I thought, I thought the coins was, our, there's a finite number of coins, and I thought years ago they were almost all mined, no? So there are 21 million Bitcoin that could be mined mm. and how many you, have been mined so far and you're right they are mined 
the every 10 minutes uh, a new block is created mm. with transactions and you get a reward. Originally, the reward was you know, 100 Bitcoins. Then four years later, the reward was 50 Bitcoins. Then four years later, it was this halving every four years. Mm. So now I'm not sure if I'm thinking You're like six, a... six, six point one, six and a quarter, something okay. like that. And it's going to be um, dividing until 2,120 or something but like how, that. How many have been mined so far? So far, you need to check, but I think it's around like 18 million. Okay. So okay. it's almost, we're almost there. Right? Yeah. There's just a few millions left. Yeah. But... Uh, it's also important to keep in mind many of these bitcoins are lost forever. Just like I said, you yeah. send hundred bitcoins to this paper wallet, people forget, and you lose it, right? Or you 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 kept it on your computer and you throw your computer yeah. uh, because you thought it's useless yeah. ten years ago. So in fact, the number of bitcoins is much less. It's maybe I don't know, less than twenty one for sure. So yeah. the price of bitcoin is going to go high from the economic perspective, mm. uh, no, no matter what, and especially if it's digital gold, if it mm. will continue to be digital gold. So so what's the what's the hesitancy for buying it then? Uh, there is no hesitance. You just buy. It's just the question is when to buy, right? Now there is a correction, maybe a good time to buy, mm. or maybe it's going to go to 20K. Yeah. I personally think that we will see 20K again. Mm. Uh, from a trading perspective, it makes sense. Mm. You need to liquidate uh, over leveraged traders and then it might go to a hundred and the goldman sachs just a couple of days ago they, they they released this statement and analysis they expect bitcoin by end of this year gonna cross 100k mm. even though now it's downtrend yeah wow what uh what's the it, it's obviously not risk-free isn't it possible that it somehow just gets shut down in the, that that government just don't uh, accept the you know that they won't accept it from if you look hmm. uh, if you look for articles with the following title bitcoin is dead you will find maybe hundreds of bitcoin of hundreds of articles like that in the past 10 years so every few months there is an article by you know, wall street journal the economist the financial times whatever bloomberg says bitcoin is dead bitcoin is dead and you see it's still there it's still here it's very hard to kill Bitcoin. To kill Bitcoin, you need to kill the internet, pretty much, mm. right? Okay. But it, essentially, it's, it's just the belief of people, like all trusting, all trusting in that Bitcoin is a real thing in in, in giving it value. No, that's right. Yeah. Same same as with US dollar, same some other fiat. You trust, which isn't backed, which originally was backed by gold, but now is not. No, it's not. So it's kind so of bullshit as well. Print as much as you want. You yeah. you believe in the government, like you believe that's the, in, in that's the U.S. Thing, government yeah. that they're not going to um, destroy their own economy because you believe in their economy. They said if if even like ten percent of people went to the physical banks and said, "I want to cash out, I want my money," the whole everything would collapse. Nobody nobody has the money. There's no money anywhere. If 10% of people went and said, give me my money, the bank, we got no money left. Everyone panics, goes to the ATMs, no money, no money, no money. In Venezuela. Yeah. And then we, we got to Venezuela. Venezuela. Well, this is, uh, uh, th 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 this is uh, a, a, a different topic. Um, last year when COVID happened, I short sell Tesla. Right? You were short? Yeah. I, Tesla shorter. Mm. Well, uh, okay. The full story is this. I bought Tesla when it was $200 when it went down, $230 when it went down to $190. I bought yeah. more. 
it went up to $300. I closed my position. Perfect. Made yeah. good, really, really good money. And then it went up to almost a thousand. So that's it. That's it. That's the peak. COVID is happening. Yep. Tesla is relatively expensive. People cannot, uh, they're not going to buy it because it's expensive. No money too, because it's, it's COVID. People don't have to e even drive. And Elon Musk says, hold my beer. I'm going to double that again and then fraction it into five. That's Take how I thought. That's what I, I, mm. I thought. Who is going to buy Tesla when you stay home all day long? It's a rational thought. Right. And what I miss computed is this quantitative easing that the governments actually will stimulate the economy by printing tons of cash, yeah. just printing, printing, printing. S sitting at home collecting cash, man. And devalue, devalue the, the, the currency. Mm. Yeah. So what do gov uh, the um, companies will do? You get free money, right? What would you do? If you keep them, they're going to devalue. You need to buy something else that is limited. So they start buying stocks. Right? Yep. Stocks, gold, Bitcoin, everything went went up. Before it went down, of course. Sure. Look at this and S and P. Yeah. It yeah. went up and it keeps going up and up I and up. I saw the up. funniest uh, the it's funniest crazy. meme the other day. It's a little airplane flying over. It's like a little cartoon airplane with like a happy face flying over the whatever city and he's dropping bombs. And it's like this stock like my stocks, your stocks, and S and P's like this little smiling airplane just flying by with a big smile. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Quite funny. So you got on here. Uh, how I lost millions of dollars. Are you going to share that with us? Well, for me, uh, like this would be like the grand finale. Well, so that's that's how I lost. Um, shorting Tesla. Shorting Tesla. Yes, I, mm -hmm. th this is this is one uh, big loss. The other one is. Um, Where you're talking millions of dollars? Yeah. So okay, there are different risks when you trade. There are different types of risks that you need to be aware. Pretty much most of these risks I experienced while trading. Mm. So one of them is liquidity risk. Liquid can't, can't take your money out. No, liquidity risks is when you want to buy or sell, but there are no not enough buyers or sellers. Okay. Right? So for example, that's what I'm saying. If you want to sell, you, no one wants to. No one wants to buy your stuff. Yes. Yeah. So you, you probably seen this limit order book. It looks like that. You have buyers, you have seller sides, mm. and if you have a big position. Say, and you want to sell it. If you sell it just with one click of a button, you collect the order book, you move the price, and you actually sell for, for a crappy yeah. price. So you don't want the average is going to be really crappy. Yeah. So what the institutions do, they divide the, the trades, big positions, into smaller trades and mm. kind of tra sell it by a little, yeah. even sometimes buy to keep the price at a certain yeah. level. So... Uh, that one of one of the um, cases when I lost a lot of money is when I could not sell because there was just not enough buyers. My position position was too large. Mm. So eventually, I tried to sell a little bit. I moved price, and uh, apparently, at some point, I saw the market's gonna crash, and I had to click the market sell, mm. and uh, that was a pretty big loss. Yeah. Right. So this is this is liquidity loss. Another one is margin calls. You probably heard this when you have over leveraged. Yeah, yeah. You just borrow more to uh, maximize your. It's like the GameStop, GameStop, uh... GameStop. Yes, that's what that's what that's um, almost what happened to me. I had a long position on uh, Bitcoin, and the market collapsed 
from like nine thousand dollars per bitcoin mm. to four yeah it's a hard it's hard to you gotta have balls of steel to to, to believe in it like oh man, it'll probably go back up you know yeah yeah, and that's uh, so. Yeah, it's you know I've been in trading for like twenty years, and I've been I've seen this all kind of stuff. If you don't trade algorithmically, and uh, I developed many algorithmic bots, trading bots. In fact, now I have uh, a few students who are working on that. We're working on market making strategies, arbitrage uh, trading strategies. Um, uh, then uh, valuation companies, also fundamental analysis, and all kind of other trends a lot. So if you want to compete with such kind of trading uh, algorithms and PhDs from Harvard that who developed this, mm. you're gonna lose if you discretional trader, mm. right? So this is uh, well, this is pretty much what happened. Uh, there was a m- manipulation of the market mm. just to liquidate uh over leveraged traders that's mm. what happened uh, that's what happened to me um yeah so that's how i lost millions of dollars so luckily your, now what's your prediction going forward back. the pre- still still pretty high is going to be a big correction coming up for bitcoin for everything for everything yeah. markets musk musk calls it's for all, 2022 there's, there's no real the states put in what two trillion dollars of just paper like they, they didn't even print it they just they just shot it out there and flushed it down the toilet the stock market, everything's up, 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 but nobody worked harder. Nobody made any more money. Nobody <laughs> just. Well, you know, in 2008, we had this real estate bubble that bursted. And uh, since then, the market has been going up and up and up and up. And honestly, 2012, I thought it's a good opportunity to short. 13, I thought it's a good opportunity to short because it's keep going up and up and up. There should be a correction. And. That was bull's run for a decade now, mm. right? Yeah. With, with even COVID, think about this. When the whole world halted, no communication, nothing. All businesses stopped. Airlines in big troubles. Um, still, S&P, S&P, still going up and up and up. Yeah. And, and no matter what, it's just going up. So it's really hard to make a prediction. Yeah. Uh, I would suggest you to... Read uh, books by Ray Dalio. He talks about these cycles, and he does predict uh, some crashes. But let's see. Ray Dalio is the founder of uh, Bridgewaters. That's the second largest, I think it's second, if not the first, largest hedge fund. Uh, and uh, I like this guy because he had similar experience. In the 80s, he predicted that the market is going to collapse. On TV, he was saying that that's it. That's Mark is gonna crash. We gotta sell, and he was wrong. He lost all his money, mm. and since since then, he still you know, was able to to create the most successful mm. hedge fund. So re- read his books. He he talks a lot about uh, economic and market cycles. I always think just <clears throat> back then the I don't know how much the technology had advanced. I think now, like you said, with the with the trading bots and 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 ai algorithms whatever able to predict or do whatever i think it's a different it's a completely different game and using the historical knowledge or historical data can that be applied to a time like this when there's you know when there's uh when there's more variables in the in the game um, is, is it is it a different game now with with computers and ai it's not it's not 10 major companies who mm. 
who are, are you know monopolized the whole place. There's all kinds of movers and shakers now. I think it's a much different landscape now than it mm. used to be, for sure. If you again look at uh, the history, uh, let's say the past ten years, or even twenty years since even uh, dot com bubble, mm. the the markets are going up and up, and it's almost impossible to beat this index, like. For example, uh, S&P mm. right? or Dow Jones. What you could do if you want to invest, you buy an ETF, exchange traded fund, for example, QQQ, mm. that just follows S&P. Mm. You buy and hold for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. That's your pension, mm. pretty much. That, because it always self-adapts. They always remove some companies. Yeah. They Whatever adapt some... fallen, they take out, they put the new exactly. ones. Exactly. Mm. S&P is about 500 largest companies. The if Vanguard, the company... Yeah. Vanguard. Yeah, but you don't even need to Vanguard or some other index funds. You just buy an ETF, yeah. right? So you don't even have to pay any uh, management fees. Yeah. Just, just buy an ETF. So th that's one way how you could make money. The other way is on the very opposite side of the spectrum. It's high frequency trading. Mm. High frequency trading where That's it's, what we're talking about. Yeah. it's almost impossible to get and to compete, uh, to get to this market and compete because mm. uh, you have to be collocated like, physically in the same building yeah, with yeah. the exchange. You have to have supercomputers. You have to have GPA, um, FPGAs. This is a uh, circuits. The algorithms are yeah. implemented in circuits. So there's no code, there's no binary code. The whole computer is does only one thing, yeah, yeah. this algorithm. So it's almost impossible. What I do uh, to be able to slightly beat the market is I just look at the market as a physical system. Mm. And that's the secret that I'm revealing now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to understand what I mean, but just think of a market as a physical system. Think about uh, uh, a river. A river is not gonna go upward, right? It, there is always physical law of gravity. It's gonna be always going to the way where, the, where there is less friction. That's the only strategy so far that I found uh, that that works. But uh, I would suggest not to even uh, maybe start trading. Once in a while, you could be right, and that what gives you hope that you're a good trader until you lose everything, yeah. which happened to me already a few times. Mm. You make a lot of money and you lose it, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's yeah. really, really hard. What's uh, what's next for the Lenski? Next is uh, come back, here. Come, come back to Australia. I... Come back to Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah, in fact, I talked to a few colleagues of mine in mm. Korea. They're asking me to start working at Korean University. But yeah. at this point, Australia is just uh, so nice. You rent a place for a month. You can still do work online, yeah. do research. And you have a surf surfing place. That's you know you can't beat this. This is something that Korea is missing, and I, it's 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 hard I've, to. Compete. I've heard uh, it's the surfing lifestyle, man. It's really attractive when you when you hear about like lifelong surfers, and it seems like surfing is default, and like what we would consider a regular life work or or family or, or whatever leisure they they want to do. It seems like surfing is first, and then it's like oh okay, I'm going home for dinner. You know, oh, I'm going to stop surfing because I need to sleep. I'm going to stop surfing because I got to go, um, you know, I got to go to work or, or make money. So the best thing if you to answer your question uh, Nate, is to interchange. Yeah. A few mm. months here, a few Some months there. there. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's hard to sit on two, two chairs. If it would be possible, I guess you would also go to Canada more often. 
could I, be I think for everybody. I think ideally it would be two or three places. We talked about it ten years ago. I don't know if you remember Trevor. Yeah, yeah, Trevor? I do. Yeah, we talked about it having homestays in Vancouver, Philippines, and Korea, and we do three months in each place, and and we just keep rotating around and not having a fixed permanent address. But I think I mean lots of my my parents and their friends go to the states for the winters. Too cold in Canada. They kind of have the best of both worlds. They enjoy the retirement life on the coast in Florida. And then they come home for the summers and family in, in Canada. So I think if you offered that to anybody, you know, go to the Philippines for three months, enjoy your mango shakes and chilling out, come back here for, you know, six, eight months. Sure. I think most people would, would say that would be ideal. Yeah. No doubt. I, I, I would love to have two or three addresses that I just kind of bounce between because, yeah, I think it's boring staying in one place. No matter how good it is, change is always is always good and to keep perspective and like you say you come back here now and there's benefits here and you you might have forgotten them living on the beach but then you go back there and you're like oh all right i missed this and i'm glad i have this so yeah I, keeps, I, keeps perspective. I think guys we, we kind of spoiled in a sense right because as soon as you have a taste of that living in different countries yeah. it's so hard to go back yeah, yeah absolutely it's it's a hard sell for me to go back home I, it's not an easy life a lot of koreans look and like why why wouldn't you go back home like it's not i don't know that's their dream of of immigrating and in and, and putting down roots in another country but maybe it's i like the the immigrant lifestyle man you know you work hard and you you can see you're i don't know not, nothing's kind of given to you here like you gotta you gotta work for it you can watch yourself develop and, and grow over time We've we've all you know since we've met each other we've all kind of uh, let's pat ourselves on the back we you know we've we've grown up comes up on here every time just mm. very, very how much how much you grow you mature you learn about yourself and just stuff that wouldn't happen if you just stayed in one place but that's the you're throwing yourself kind of into the fire right when you when you come here and it's sink or swim for a lot of a lot of people and if you can't cut it you you go back or it's char- character building it it makes you who you are mm. it, it makes you. Take control and take uh, responsibility for who you are and what you're doing. That was a. We're at home. You can just kind of ride the ride the wave there the whole time, and whatever happens to me, happen here. You got to actually, you got to make distinct decisions. That Otherwise, was that was it's it's so weird, and you probably remember your moment, of not like waking up, but that that moment of realization. You're like, ooh, there's no safety net here. Like, if I don't clean my house or if I don't go to work, like I'm screwed. Like, like I have to, I, I have to do this. There's no, and then you see opportunities like, should I take the, you know, there's lots of, uh, lots you, of things. Do you uh, contribute to uh, your pension fund? The Korean pension yeah, fund? Korean no. Fund. So you don't. The national pension? I do. Yeah. No. I have no. to because of work. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, not work, making any if money. we work at the university, then, I mean, they automatically take a percentage. They contribute. Well, they, but it, that, I mean, that's good in your case if they're paying. They if they're paying a part, so they match it. Yeah. They match it. Yeah, that's even yeah. better. Yeah. But once you're done, take it out and put it in something else because they're not making any money. Hmm. Which is the case in most most. Why you want you want to you want to withdraw yours and buy Bitcoin? So you're saying <laughs> it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think those pensions guarantee anything in the future. That's the scary part. That's they call. My wife worked at a bank twenty years ago, and they uh, they still call her. She had paid for six months or something. And like, hey, you need to beef up your pensions she's like no i'm not doing that anymore <laughs> you know what do you why do you guys keep calling and that's kind of once i plotted a, a graph of a price of big mac and mm. it was in my facebook i don't know if you've seen it yeah and in us dollars and in gold mm. 
So the price of Big Mac since 2000 went uh, up from like $2 to $6, like almost three times, right? And in gold, it went down. It was like 0.02 milligrams. Mm. Uh, and now it's like 0.01 milligrams, mm. half. So if you just kept your gold in the pension, mm. you would have actually had more cash. We all, people all want to, to have millions of dollars to, to lay back. Imagine even just being, having a UBI that you, um, that, that you know your, your future is secure financially. You, you might not have, you know, the luxuries in life, but your, your basic necessities are taken care of. In, in the end, no matter how much money you have, doesn't it come down, you know, at, at the, at the end of the equation? Aren't we all looking for kind of what you have? Where whether you make a million dollars or lose a million, you're still happy waking up every day and going like, hey, I'm solving a problem today. I'm getting together with people and I'm doing that. Isn't that the end? Of the, isn't that what we all want? Not the not to to hate the day to day and you know struggle just to to survive. Like the the millions would be nice, but what if you can? reach all your goals or you know eat all the delicious food in the world and and visit all the restaurants that you want in the end you're still going to look for that that uh the way to scratch that itch that that uh that is unique to every person right so yeah like mm. they, they they say uh money doesn't make you happy but lack of money will <laughs> will help you will make you sad i think there is yeah. a minimum i think mean, they say like it's uh, 70 grand or 70 yeah, yeah. grand if you have a uh, 70 grand 100 grand then your life is more, yeah, more or less. But when, okay. when your basic necessities are taken care of, as yeah. long as you're not living in, in poverty and you got to join squid games and, and risk your life to, to make ends meet, then yeah, that's, that's it. But anyways, dude, let's, yeah, we got a cutter. Listen, man, so nice. So nice to see you after all this time. And I loved, <laughs> oh, I, I, I really hope you give up the surfing life and, uh, and hey, do you ever see a surfer wearing a helmet? Mm, yeah, I've seen the ones. Okay, yeah. good. Right, Suck it's, it's ben. What what people usually do? I also <laughs> do that. Just hair. Uh, just wear a, a hat okay. to protect from the sun because sun is super sure. like acidic. It pretty much burns you yeah, yeah, yeah. there. You know, surface applied is zinc. Yeah, yeah. I think zinc. It's not 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 even sunscreen, mm. and it's super hard to get it off after, mm. after that. But uh, yeah, just hats, but not helmets usually. Damn it. There are there are rocks, and that's what I usually also am very scared of going to the waters oh. and asking everyone, is it okay? And there are literally like big rocks there. I said, no, it's okay. Just you know, don't worry. That's the that's the lifestyle. People just enjoy the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to. I don't want to enjoy the concussion too. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I mentioned earlier about I my Bitcoin password. <laughs> yeah, can you that? Just I'm gonna go cash in my Bitcoin right after I hit this big wave. <laughs> Smack your head like fuck. What was that? Uh, what was that password again? Anyways, dude, listen. Hey, you're you're here for a finite amount of time. Thank you so much for taking a couple hours out. It was nice uh, talking to you guys. Fantastic. Thanks so much, dude. We'll catch you on your next trip back. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Goodbye. Holy Mongolian clusterfuck. Please don't forget to check out our sponsor, Dr. English. It's your one-stop shop for all your English conversational needs. Enjoy learning from the comfort of your own home. Call 010-4591-1496 for a free sample class. Take your English to the next level by visiting their website now at www.dr-english.com.